Warning. This program is intended for adults only. What you're about to listen to contains explicit language, sexual topics, and don't be surprised if you get wet. You've just tuned in to Pussy Boss with your host, Victoria Lynn. What's up, guys? It's your girl, Victoria Lynn, and you've just tuned in to another episode of Pussy Boss. And if you forgot what Pussy Boss is, we sit here and we discuss sex, dating, and all things pussy. Don't worry. I'm going to bring back the pussy real hard soon. That's right. A lot of people, you might have forgot that this show is all about pussy, but don't worry. We're coming back. Shark Week's a coming. <laughs> That's so weird. Anyways, welcome back, guys. This week's topic, drag queens. I'm super excited we actually did this. This was kind of fucking random because the truth is, is I don't know really shit about drag. Like, besides for going to a drag show and seeing them perform, I've really never um, taken the time to really learn the history behind drag or even sit down and really talk to somebody and learn what drag is. And this week, I did. So I'm excited for you guys to hear the interviews because the interviews are all so individual and different. I'm really, really excited for them. But if you don't know what drag is or who a drag queen is, I am here to tell you that it's not as simple as you may think. Though many people may think that drag queens are men who dress up in women clothes um, and perform, that is true. But however, I learned this week that drag actually really has no gender in a sense bound. So a drag queen could be also a woman dressed up in drag and just performing. um, And a drag queen can also be a straight man in drag performing or it could be a gay man or it could be a lesbian so really when it comes down to um your sexuality and gender drag does not matter it just is who are you portraying so as a drag queen you would be portraying a woman um i found it very interesting i was actually really like taken back when sarah first uh brought this topic to me because i was like like how the fuck am i going to speak on this like what experience do i have and the only experience i can really say that i have with drag our shows and why do I feel like I can speak about this? I feel like I can speak about this because dude, drag is amazing. Like there's something about Queens that like me as a woman, I just think, why am I not like that? Why do I not have that confidence? Why am I sitting here like, Oh my God, I got such a fat thighs, blah, blah, blah. And these bitches are out there with thick thighs, rolls. They don't get, they rocking it. I've seen some like, you know, not not the like smallest drag queens and they rock that shit kind of like Lizzo you know Lizzo she rocks like her whole curvy figure like she like there's no way you don't look at her and just think she exudes sex in her own way and she's not fucking a skinny little model bitch but it's all comes down to confidence right and how you hold yourself and I think that's something we can definitely take from drag queens or just drag in general is the performance that uh comes on with it because it is a performance you know it's not just about dressing up in girls or guys clothing and trying something different it's about the whole um show from the makeup to the hair to the clothes to the song you pick to the dance if you dance I mean some people you know they do a lot of different things and it's not burlesque because it's not necessarily always nudity which burlesque usually common has a lot of nudity in it 
versus drag. I mean, they're usually pretty clothed unless they want to unless they want to take it that far, which which they can because it's their performance. Honestly, if you've never seen a drag show, I think you're missing out. You are missing the fuck out. Last time I was at a drag show, actually, I think is is the drag bing, bingo what brought this whole week about? Was it drag bingo? Because I, I was at drag bingo with maybe and I had seen her. My friend said, you need to get her on the show. And I approached her, and I think that's how we got this whole drag queen. Was I was like, well, I got I to gotta interview maybe. Um, look out for this interview, actually. It's going to be coming out this week from maybe a girl is her drag name. And she is amazing. She is actually running for Congress. Uh, she's currently a Silver Lake representative. So that's really cool. I hope this representative is the right term. Listen to the podcast. She will say correctly. I probably fucked it up knowing myself, but (laughs) I'm so excited. Let's get into this drag then. We interrupt this broadcast for an important pussy service announcement. Boys and girls clothes. Girls and boys clothes. Women and men's clothes. Men and women's clothes, gender fluid in clothes, non-binary in clothes, in clothes. When we take out the gender, we're all left in clothes. And we're back. Okay, so I was like, well, what the fuck do I talk about this episode? Well, obviously, I got to give y'all some history of drag, history of drag queens specifically. And so let's just fucking dive into it. I mean, there's a lot. There's a lot more than I actually even realized. And um, it all started really back in the Shakespearean times um, because drag itself was tied to theater. So... The stage during Shakespearean times was actually considered like used for religious purposes. So at that point, it was considered a religious right to be able to actually perform. And as women, we did not have the religious right to perform. So because of that, the men would play our female roles. So these men would then dress up in what they, well, or at least what history believes, historians believe the term drag was originated when the men would dress up in these female parts and they would discuss how their costume dresses would drag across the floor. So that's how the word drag came about. They were like pissed off because, I mean, if you've ever seen, like, go look at like, oh shit, I'm going to say the era wrong. What is Shakespeare's 18th century? I don't know. Uh oh, my father would be sh- fucking slapping the shit out of me right now. I should know this, but um, it's been a long time since I've actually read some Shakespeare. I think it's even farther, right? They're gonna be like, "You dumbass." But anyways, yeah. So I'm a dumbass. I can't remember what century it is, but oh, 17th century. And that's what it is. 17th century. I said 18th. I was close. I was one century off. <laughs> but at least I figured it out at the end here. 17th century. But if you look at 17th century and look at what the females were wearing in their garb and garments and everything, it actually looks pretty heavy. So I could see them, I could see men bitching about how it drags. 
Men be bitching about anything. I swear. There were they're bitching about fucking how their dress drags. Like we have our period every month for like how many years of our lives. I don't want to hear about your fucking little costume dragging on the floor. Just saying. Just saying. So um, these Shakespearean plays, if you did not know, were performed at the Globe Theater in London. If you guys hear when people say Globe Theater, that's what the fuck they're talking about. And so the um, ooh, drag began to like actually take on more of an individual form of entertainment versus a stage performance later, um, earlier, closer to earlier in the 20th century. And this is what they would call, and I'm going to definitely fuck this up because you know I like to fuck up words, but it was called a vaudeville. Vaudeville? A what? Vaudeville. I totally fucking put some bullshit on there. It's called a vaudeville, what it looks like. Actually, how it looks, it sounds like it looks like when I'm reading the word, but I didn't thought there's no way this word just sounds that easy. So I figured I'd put some accent to it and see what would happen, and Sarah corrected me. Um, thankfully, I don't know, thankfully or not thankful, I'm not really sure, but anyways, which, what this, what a vaudeville, 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 what a vaudeville is, is when a female impersonation, uh, a, a person impersonates a female, so basically a female impersonator, so I don't know who's somebody that we would know off the top of the bat. Ow, my nose is itching so bad right now, does that mean someone's thinking about me? It's itching, like, whoa. Is, is that what that means? Yeah. It's itching so bad that whoever's thinking about me, they must be masturbating about me right now. They must be masturbating and thinking about me at the same time because I'm literally feel like like I'm about to come or something. Oh my god. Okay, back to what I was saying. The vault, the vault bell, Okay, so <laughs> so. This actually gained traction in the early 20th century in the U.S., and that combined comedy, music, dance, and burlesque to create this offbeat type of entertainment. Well, through this, the first official drag queen came to existence, and her name was Julian Eltinge, which I definitely fucked that up to. Eltinge, Eltinge, whatever. You know what I'm saying. Um, her popularity and success earned her the title of actually being the highest paid actor in the world, surpassing even Charlie Chaplin. Chaplin. I fucked that one up there, too. I'm, like, just creating words right now. Chaplin, Chaplin. You know what I'm saying, though. That's crazy, though. He's a huge fucking star. Everybody knows about him, but have you ever heard of Julian Eltinge? Eltinge? I like that better. Eltinge? Julian Eltinge. And you know what I find funny, too, is that Though she, I like she's a drag queen, but she didn't change her name. Julian, Julian doesn't sound like a female name. Is it? Julian? I don't know. Julian, have you ever met a female? Oh, Julianne. Okay, you're right. It could be Julian. So maybe it's Julianne. It's not Julian. It's Julianne Eltinge. Whatever. I'm sure you're like, bitch, can you learn my name if you're going to talk about me, you fucking hoe? I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Julian. I think I fucked it up there, too, again. But anyways, they, however, female impersonation and the history of drag is said to have actually ent entwined with gay culture around the 1930s. Before the 1930s, it wasn't 
because I feel like a lot of people think like, oh, that's something gay men do. But it actually was not. It was considered more of a performance. Um, and so in the 1930s, uh, this was also around the time when the United States was entering the Prohibition era, which if you don't know what the Prohibition era is, that's when they abolished alcohol uh, production and consumption from the 1920 until 1933. So people went fucking crazy because you took away their booze. Um, yeah, for 13 years, you weren't allowed to drink. Yeah, so people, so what happened is, no, 13 years. And the thing is, is that what happened is these, they created all these underground clubs and speakeasies, right? Because people still wanted to drink and party. Well, this actually gave drag and gay men an opportunity because people in society above ground wouldn't be okay with it. But in these speakeasies and these underground clubs, they were more open to it because they were already breaking the law. Why? Because they want to drink. So it's like it becomes a performance. It becomes something to watch. So out of the sight of the law, gay men felt free not only to be themselves, but they could also partake in things like drag. So they were able to be who they are in the underground world and a whole nother person while they're in the, you know, society world. God, we've been hiding for so long. Like, whether you're gay, straight, whatever the fuck you like, we're all hiding. Like, why are we hiding? Yeah. Stop hiding. We need to stop hiding. Pussy ball says stop hiding. Let your pussy bees out there. Let your dick be out there. Whatever it is you wanted to do, if you're not into sex and you into people's intelligence, let your brain be out there. I don't give a fuck. But just don't hide it. You like balloons and shit. The only thing you might want to hide is, like, if you like dogs. A lot of people won't like that. They won't be cool with bestiality. Could you think? Could, I don't know, right? I'm surprised, honestly, there hasn't been a story yet of, like, a dog fucker, though. You know, like, L.A. dog, dog serial dog fucker going around and fucking dogs. I just feel like that's a story that I, maybe it's been there and they just can't share it because they're afraid of, of people will go up and panic. Because the amount of people that love their fucking dogs in L.A., could you imagine if there was a serial dog fucker? Nobody, everyone would be like, we can't walk our dogs. Our poor dogs. They can't walk outside. There's a dog fucker. Maui's, Maui's like, whatever. <laughs> He's like, I'd like to see somebody try to fuck me. <laughs> Anyways, back to drag. Um, so, I mean, I think this is actually kind of really cool when you think about it, how, so so the prohibition era, how almost the, the society, right, without knowing, by them going against what the government wanted, right, by them going against the whole alcohol thing, they actually are leading to, uh, a place of where people can be more open. They actually, by doing that, they allowed somebody another opportunity you know so it's really cool when you look at that kind of stuff i mean i hate fucking alcohol and i love alcohol i still think that like i'm glad weed is finally legal because that i'd much rather smoke blunt than anything else I'm sorry somebody keeps texting me i'm fucking popular um so <laughs> But the increasingly popularity of speakeasies where drag was welcomed during Prohibition actually became known as the pansy craze. The pansy craze. Because it basically is fucked up, but what people were saying is they were calling gay men pansies, right? So they're calling it the pansy craze because 
once they opened up these speakeasies, they probably saw in a sense uh, uh, increase of people being who they are, an increase of this what they would call gay men, right? And especially, you know, everyone's so scared. I remember when people were like, oh, I can remember when I was younger when, you know, people were still like, dealing with the issue of that people were gay oh my god um but i remember people being like oh, i just a man that's so flamboyant like why does he have to like it was so offensive right you know and so that's how i feel this was like the pansy craze like i can't believe that i watched this they're so dramatic but i can't stop looking you know it's like again why because the people who decide probably called it the pansy craze were probably gay themselves <laughs> right Yep, 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 yep. But even after the prohibition ended, the gay bars that featured drag during this time actually continued to operate into the 1950s and 1960s. So what's great about this is that as prohibition ended, there was still this community that was strong enough to continue through what, you know, through, I guess, something that could have, in a sense, shut them down because I guess they could have been like, no, we're not keeping you anymore. But that just also shows you how much people love drag and don't talk about it, right? Because we don't keep doing things unless they're making us money, right? So if if in the 1950s and 60s they kept doing drag, it was because during the Prohibition era, people were coming out not just to drink. They were also coming out to watch a show and enjoy it and maybe get turned on a little bit, but they just didn't want to tell nobody. You know, I'm sure there's some men. Well, Indica Sativa, you got to listen to her interviews. Grace. She was telling me that when she's a boy, she gets hit on. But when she is Indica Sativa, she says men are crazy. And they ask her like, wow, like you look great for a girl or you look really look like a girl. She was like, yeah, bitch, that's the point. <laughs> right. But she tells me she's like, yo, men are like men like. Are, are undercover like the biggest hoes like they are just hoes they hoes i like to hoda hoda i like to hoda hoda who's the hoda i don't know i made that up i don't even know what a hoda is you the hoda bitch that's when i start telling my man when i have him you my hoda you my little hoe maybe that's why but maybe that's how we need to speak to men not baby i love you like baby you my little hoe go out there be a little ho ho then then maybe it will fuck them up psychology-wise, and they'll be like, you know what? I'm not a hoe. I'm not going to be a hoe just because she tells me I'm a hoe. I'm going to be a good man because she keeps calling me a hoe. You think that'll work? It might. I'm going to start calling my men hoes. Yeah, reverse psychology. I'm going to be like, you're a fucking hoe. I fucking love you, hoe. <laughs> Um, so another interesting fact I found out in 1966, a member of the, and I'm going to fuck this up again, Genovese think crime family, Genovese, that sounds, you know, Genovese, a Genovese is the crime family, I will fuck you and kill you, oh, I said I will fuck you and kill you, I don't know why I said that, wow, that was really aggressive, Victoria, <laughs> You don't want to fuck with my Italian side because I guess I'll fuck you and kill you. <laughs> so in, in 1966, they actually purchased the Stonewall in Manhattan's. Oh, my God. Did you hear the little accent come out right there? In Manhattan's Greenwich Village, which if you don't know um about this but there was actually a series of rides this is actually considered a hub of gay culture and the epic center epic 
<laughs> I can't fucking talk right now. My nose is itching so bad. It's like I need lotion or something. Like, can you get it for me though? Because I'm recording right now and I can't. Yo, oh, so I see. So Sarah's like, I'm sorry, I can't get it because my dog's laying on me. But I'm just recording a podcast. My nose. I'm literally thinking I'm taking off the first or two layers of my nose right now. Like, can you hear? Like, listen to me. Like, for all I know, you could probably hear me scratching into the mic. She still hasn't gotten up. She still does not give a fuck that my nose is burning, burning. She's like, my dog is sleeping. Maui, Maui, can you please, can you please, can we, can we have a joint conversation here? Can you, I know you're tired. He got one eye open when I closed. He's like, bitch, why are you just waking me up right now? Maui, I, my nose is itching, dog. You really can't keep your eyes open right now? He's like, <laughs> His little eyes. Oh, oh, are you going? You gone? Oh, <laughs> he went back to sleep, y'all. <laughs> he was like, fuck you, bitch. I'm not worried about your nose. Sarah, don't give a fuck about my nose. I'm trying to talk about Stonewall riots over here, and I'm itching my nose. It's cool. Hopefully, I have a nose after this podcast. I'm not sure. Anyways, so the Stonewall riots, if you didn't know, were a series of spontaneous violent demonstrations by members of the LGBT community against a police raid that began in the early morning hours of June 28th in 1969. Fuck. And that was like a really big um, turning point in gay culture. And Maui's now falling down. Oh, wait. Oh, Sarah might be getting me the um, lotion. Is this what's happening? Are you thinking? It's a slow process. Oh, it's a slow process. Okay. Thank God, guys, because my nose is, like, dying over here. Is it red yet? Can you see? It's red, right? I look like Rudolph the fucking Rendo just reindeer. You you should could have heard how she said no. It was like, no, of course not. You look gay. But anyway, so during this time, so during the riots, there actually was a um, a queen, and her name was Flawless Sabrina, Flawless Sabrina actually, during the time, so during the riots, so trying to push back, she went around the U.S. and actually created a bunch of pageants for drag queens. Um, <laughs> and they arrested her, of course. And they arrested her countless times because she appeared in drag in public, including being um, talking, being a guest on talk shows. And all this was unheard of at the time. So she was really pushing the idea of being who she was, being um, drag, and... Also, fighting for the rights of the LGBT community. Um, LGBT, LGBT. God, I swear my nose is bugging me so much. Oh, Sarah's got. Okay, I just need the. I have snout balm. Is it for dogs or is it for people? Wait, is this for dogs? I don't want to put dog balm on my. She handed me dog fucking balm. Lancome, which we know is a lie. What the fuck is this vanilla cream? This is cheap ass shit. No, it's actually from the Mayo Clinic in Minnesota. It's the best. A Mayo Clinic? Mayo Clinic. Oh, I thought you meant a Mayo Clinic. I'm like, wait, is this where they use to masturbate with? <laughs> oh god, my nose. Yeah, it's like Sorry guys. The truth is, is my nose is burning right now with this lotion. Oh. My eczema. Oh. I don't know what to do, guys. Okay. It hurts. It hurts so bad. Okay. 
I need to finish this episode, though. But it hurts. I think I need to smoke weed. Okay, so during this time, Flawless Sabrina was definitely an activist for the LGBT community. And the LGBT community basically um, became really strong in the uptown Manhattan, Harlem, and Washington Heights. And this was because of everything that was going on with the riots. And during this time, that's where they believe the drag ball culture was formed. So you know what a drag ball is, right? No? Oh, so a drag ball is like an ultimate like dance off. Like the they just come and they just it's like a dance off. It's like a show off. It's like a huge show. It's amazing and it's always underground. I've never actually been to one. Like I, they're hard to find actually. Um, I know they do do them, but I think you have to be pretty within like you know. Because I even asked like some of the queens we had on this week, and they haven't been to one, but they know about them. They're more I think in uh, more popular overseas. Because as, you know, America, it's taken the U.S. a little bit more time to open up to this whole idea versus overseas, London and all that. The drag has been, like, very popular for years. Um, so in the early 1970s, that's where they created the drag ball culture. And drag then slowly started to fold into mainstream with gender-bending performances such as Tim Curry in Rocky Horror Picture Show and also uh, Don't Forget About David Bowie. Okay. So then in the 1980s, they saw it even more with drag when you actually looking at Boy George and Pete Burns. And then by the 1990s, that's when drag queens actually became more mainstream than ever. And that's when RuPaul Charles changed the history of drag. RuPaul, he was, um, so he actually got his, his start in the uh, late 80s, early 90s in the New York club scene. He basically made himself a local celebrity. So he was like, I'm going to be famous. I'm going to make myself a local celebrity. So he became a local celebrity in New York City, and that foundation led him to nationwide success. And his success came from his hit single, Supermodel, Work, Cover Girl, Work. You know that? Yeah. Um, in 1993... And since then, he's become a huge spokesperson for the drag community. He has a uh, deal with MAC Cosmetics. He got his own talk show on VH1 and has a morning radio show. So RuPaul has done a lot for drag. Drag's come a long way, if you look at it. But it's very interesting because you have to listen to the interviews this week because not everybody believes that RuPaul has done a lot for drag and that it actually has hurt drag. So I think it's interesting now that we know a little bit about the history of drag to hear what everyone's opinion is on it who actually sees themselves as a drag queen. That's all I got for you. Stay tuned for the tips coming your way. Now, Let's take a second to hear from our sponsors. Are you sick of being the only person in the room nobody pays attention to? Are you over being that friend with absolutely no style? Do you feel like a clown when you try to do your makeup? Well, look no further. Solve all your problems with the new La Drag, a perfume made with confidence. When you put on La Drag, you will feel the transformation. Go from boring librarian to Sasha Fierce. Stop being a drag. Get out there and live with the new La Drag perfume available now. 
It's that time. Turn up the volume, take notes, and get ready. Here are your Pussy Boss Tips of the Day. And we're back. It's time for the tips. Yeah, so like, I was like, what tips are you going to give, bitch, about being a drag queen? Honestly, I mean, the only thing I feel like I can help with when it comes to tips on being a drag queen is what I've learned from a drag queen, which is how to exude confidence, honey. Because let's be honest, a drag queen's be killing it. Like, I'm just like always like taken back by how much confidence and how sexy they are. Like, whoo, honey, yes. So tip number one, tell it like it is. No tea, no shade. Well, a little shade doesn't hurt nobody because I like to have shade. We like to call it fun shade, but um, don't don't hold back. Be who you are. Tell it like it is. I think this is a great way to build confidence is honestly to just be yourself because nobody's going to like you. Not everybody's going to like you, but at least you know, right, that if you tell it like it is, you're being true to who you are. Tip number two. Never be afraid to be the best version of yourself. I think, yeah, everybody's afraid to be the best version of themselves. Wouldn't you say so, Sarah? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I think people are intimidated by their own best self. Because if you can be that great and you're like, that means that you're not doing what you could be doing. So that means you have to look at yourself and be like, oh, shit. So I could be happier if I did this, but instead I'm just sitting here and sulking and then you have to realize, oh, I'm actually being a bitch and sulking. You know what I'm saying? You know, it makes me think of Euphoria, actually. Um, What was her name? Rue? Rue, right? Rue, like, went out and at least was trying to find herself. I actually really like Rue as a character because Rue was adventurous and open and, I don't know, her dad is so fucking awesome too, right? Like, Rue's dad is one of my favorite characters, though. He's got, like, the smallest part. Like, I feel like his role is so influential to her life because he literally tells her, like, he he, he loves her for who she is. He doesn't make her feel bad. And he, he, he tells her it's okay to be who you are. The best version, be the best person you can be, you know? I really get that from that that little dynamic relationship and euphoria. But don't be afraid to be the best version of yourself. Just be the best version of your fucking self. It's hard, but you can do it. I believe in you. I'm still working on it. But I know I'm the best version of myself since a day ago. (laughs) I'd be better and better every day. Better and better. Tip number three. But don't forget... As I kind of mentioned before, everyone will not be your number one fan. The truth is, if you don't have haters, and I know you've heard this before, but this is a real talk. If you don't have fucking haters and people hating on you, then you're not doing something right. Because people are always going to hate. There are always going to be people who don't like you. There are always going to be people who don't think what you're doing is something good. There's people who probably out there think that I'm a dumbass for creating a podcast called Pussy Bells. Or most people actually think it's Pousse. Or what do they think it is? Pousse? <clears throat> Pousse. Pousse balls. But the truth is, is not everyone's going to like you. 
And I used to give a fuck about what people think. And I still do to an extent because I would be lying if I didn't, right? Because I can't go anywhere now without my fake lashes. They're my new thing. I love my fake lashes. But I'm like, bitch, I'm not looking cute. I can't be going seeing him, right? <laughs> but, <laughs> but the truth is, it's not even about makeup. But the truth is, it's like, not everyone's going to like you and it's okay. You'll move on. You'll find someone better that's worth your time because the people who ain't going to like you ain't going to be worth your time anyways because you probably don't even like them. You just sad because they don't like you. You know what I'm saying? Everyone I really cared about, like think about back in like high school and shit where they didn't pay any fucking attention to me. Now they're like, I'm like, why did I care? I, I don't even know why I cared. I mean, we're nothing alike now. Actually, I'm not, I don't think I'm a lot, like, I don't think I'm like anybody from my high school. Well, that's not true, because Frankie actually went to high school with me. She was saying I was talking too much about, I said, girl, I talk about you all the time. Now I'm going to talk about her all the time. Just be like, that's my bestie. She going, she got her own little design company. Okay, I'm going way off. (laughs) Anyways, tip number four. No matter how your enemy's words and actions may be how mean they may be. Never let it get to the core of you. I think that's important, right? Like, no matter how nasty people are, no matter what they say, don't let it actually affect who you are inside, who, who, who you believe you are, who you know you are. Which is why I made this show, because I was not okay with being who I was. And now I'm still trying to figure it out. (laughs) But, you know, it's like Sarah with porn, right? Like, she really loves porn, okay? I know she does. I can tell that she gets excited. But it's like she's just not ready (laughs) to take that step. But it's it's the core of her. She just allowed. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) I know it's a bunch of bullshit. Not 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 that not literally this, but I mean, you know, some of most of what I'm saying as far as the bullshitting that's coming with the with the tips is kind of bullshit. <laughs> uh, but honestly, like if I let people when people when I let people fuck with who I am, it fucks with everything in my life, right? If you let somebody fuck with who you are, your fucking room's a mess, you're fucking crying all the time, you're feeling woe is me, you're probably eating a bunch of food, you're not doing whatever for your body. Maybe if you're good, you go to the gym because you're crazy and you're like, I'm, I'm going to get in so much better weight because this person pissed me off. I've had that happen to me, you know. There have been times in my life where I went to the gym because I got pissed off, but you just can't let people fuck with you like that. Like, if that's one thing that I've learned for sure is it's, like, people are going to fuck with you, and you just got to be, like, thank you. (laughs) Thanks, bitch. And move on with your fucking day. Tip number four. Oh, nope. I'm sorry. We're at tip number five. Tip number five. Be fierce. Honey, drag queens, drag kings. Honestly, I'm going to even say put throw gay men in here. Fierce. Fierce. They do not give a fuck. Like, I don't know what it is about. Why are women? Oh, I'm about to cough. <coughs> Ooh. Okay. The spirit does not want me talking bad about women right now. It's like, uh-uh. What are you about, what are you about to say about women? Oh, thank, thank you, Sarah. 
Yeah, but I don't want to spills either. Um, but why is it that as women, I feel like we're fierce, but we ain't fierce. Like when I walk into a room with a bunch of like drag queens and gay men, like, you know what I'm talking about, Sarah? That energy they give off, like that I'm the shit bitch. Like, everybody in the room is the shit. And they don't give a fuck. They're like, I'm the shit bitch. And I'm like, where, how do I get this? When they put it on, they become this persona. So it's like, I think uh, we should learn from that as people, not just as women, because everybody needs confidence, not just women, okay? Because men are insecure as fuck, too. They just can't, they pretend they ain't. But we all know. Ladies, we know, right? (laughs) Because we all know. But I think, like, it's all about, like, you know, owning yourself and owning your body and being fierce and, like, taking that that performance idea that they bring to the stage, queens do, and, like, bring it into your life. Hell fucking yeah. If you walk through life fierce, like, fucking Rihanna. Rihanna is fierce. That bitch is fierce. Beyonce's fierce. I think Halsey's fierce, too, because I fucks with Halsey. But she ain't, she ain't fierce like Rihanna. Or, you know, Beyonce. Sorry, Halsey. But but I'm just saying, you get the idea. And tip number six. If you can't love yourself, how the hell are you going to have somebody else love you? Which is true. And how are you going to love them? So really, the whole thing with exuding confidence is all about just being true to who you are. I think that's what we can learn from queens, right? Is that... They don't give a fuck <laughs> what you think as far as, I mean, they give a fuck because they, they don't want, well, they're, everybody's, this is, we're all people, right? But at the end of the day, they don't give a fuck what you think about their personal standards for themselves or how they hold their life. And, th- and honestly, we shouldn't care how each other, as long as nobody's affecting one another, why do we care so much about what somebody does with their body, with their life? doesn't bother me personally I actually think it's cool that there's different types of people like if we're all the same it would be a boring ass fucking world like fuck that and you know I always laughed when my or I don't know when my parents but you know when you heard that saying like oh you came into this world alone and you'll go out of this world alone you need to love yourself and I remember thinking that sounds so depressing and blah but it is the fucking truth, right? So it's like, why are we so focused on pleasing everybody around us and not just pleasing ourselves? And that's what I think comes down to this whole week of queens and talking about how to really love yourself because I think that's one thing we can take from the drag world is that people are able to embrace who they are and use their have a creative outlet and a positive outlet and not a negative one so yeah those are my tips that's it bitch it's that time time to unwind and release your thoughts it's time to ask the pussy boss and we're back it's time it's time it's time to ask the pussy boss pussy boss yeah i'm in that kind of mood guys it's when i don't smoke enough weed i start to get a little weird because i literally only had a bowl so that's you know that's like a morning like i don't know 
vape pen. Anyways, it's time to ask the post boss. And the question I got this week, or the statement, shall I say, is, I've always wanted to try drag, but have always been scared because of what people think. I mean, we just went over this in the tips. But I will say, if you guys want to hear more about how to get through this fear of what people think, you should definitely listen to the interviews this week because I think I learned a lot from everybody about how, I don't know, really, it sounds like people just were like done and sick and tired of people telling them they were wrong. So they were like, fuck it, I'm just going to do what I want. And maybe I'll do it to an extreme. (laughs) I think that if you want to try drag, you should. Honestly, I'm thinking I should try drag. Like, I would be great at it. I always wanted to do burlesque, but drag, like, drag would be, like, full on, and you get to impersonate. I would definitely be Britney Spears. My spirit animal is Britney Spears. I love Britney Spears, so it would have to be, like, either Lucky or I'm a Slave for You would be probably my two original choices, though I do really love um, Sometimes I Run. Okay, I can't sing, so I do not want to sing on this uh, podcast, but... I'm just saying, Britney would be my first choice. And then after Britney, oh, who would be after Britney? Who would I impersonate if I could after Britney? I'm really thinking, but why is nobody standing? <gasps> Cher. Fucking Cher. I would impersonate Cher. I mean, come on, right? Actually, I think I want to do Cher instead of Britney. Because I'm not one that would normally do share, right? And do I look like share? No, not at all. But I would be a hot share. I'm pretty sure about it. Well, I got more hips than share. But I think share's cool with that. Share don't care. <laughs> but I think, I really think, like, if you want to try drag, go do it. And, and listen to what everybody said in the interview. Like, the best ways to go out and do it are to get involved. Go to the shows. Um, meet people. Become part of the community. Support the community. Tip the queens, you know. They're going to remember the tippers. Then they're going to give you the good advice. Because, you know, I guess there's got to be advice. Especially, like, I mean, if you're a dude, you're definitely tucking. I would like to know how that, that, that works. That's what I should ask. How do you tuck? I didn't ask that this week. I just thought about that. Fuck. It's okay. I know Indica Sativa will be back on, and she already told me she's cool with telling me all about tucking (laughs) and everything else. (laughs) Uh, You guys have to listen to the uh, interviews this week. They're they're really great. But um, I think whether it's drag, whether it's – honestly, whether it's webcam modeling, whether it's uh, working out, whether it's that taco meat you've never tried before. <laughs> if you want to try something, who gives a fuck what people think? Go out and do it. I mean, if I cared what people think, I wouldn't be having this podcast called Pussy Boss right now. And I wouldn't feel so great about myself because I get to talk about pussy all day. I mean, seriously, this is the best part of my life. My life has never been better. <laughs> As I stare at Sarah, it's just Sarah and I, you know, on these long, long days, all alone, on our podcast. Mm, but we love it. <laughs> yeah, because I'm not. 
<laughs> because you know what? Because we don't care what people think. And we know that we have a great concept and idea and we want to share it with the fucking world. And so we're doing it. And I don't care if, you know, people don't like the word pussy because I like the word pussy. And that's all that matters. And so if you want to do drag, that's all that matters. Go out and do it, honey. Let's go. Oh, and by the way, if anyone on who's listening to this podcast knows where a ball is, a drag ball, I want to go a ballroom, whatever they call it. I think it's a ballroom drag ball. You get the idea. You know what I'm talking about. Tiana Taylor it's in her videos. Somebody take me, please. I want to go. And that's it for your pussy balls tips. Love y'all. All right, my pussy boss bitches. That's the end, or at least the end of this episode. Make sure to follow me, Victoria Lynn, at official Victoria Lynn. And don't forget to follow the show at Pussy Boss on YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Show this pussy some love. Until next time, it's your girl, Victoria Lynn. And remember, ladies, to keep patting that puss. <laughs>